All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, joined today by the host of Locked On Dolphins, Travis Wingfield, and we are going to be doing a crossover preview talking about this Falcons-Dolphins preseason matchup. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years at Falcfans.com, on Twitter at Falcfans, and the host of this illustrious Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. And on this daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, we have nothing but illustrious guests, and we are having a crossover preview episode today, joined by Locked on Dolphins host, Travis Wingfield. I remember way back in the day, Travis, we were doing a crossover podcast for a Falcons-Dolphins preseason game Two summers ago, that also kicked off the preseason, and uh, we didn't wind up talking a little bit later in in the regular season um, for a Falcons-Dolphins matchup, but uh, welcome back to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. That was actually my first ever Locked On Dolphins podcast, and man, what a... What a long way I've come, and we've come as a network in two years. It's been a lot of fun to grow with this company, and everybody does such great things. So I'm excited to talk about an actual football game tonight after six months of pretty much spinning our wheels on the podcast. Yes, well, you know, it is actual football, but it's not quite real football uh, tonight between the Falcons and Dolphins. And the reason why it's not going to be quite real is we kind of know that you know, this is not a real game where teams are out there with the, trying to, you know, put their best foot forward. And a big reason for that is the because they're not necessarily playing their starters. And I'm curious, I guess my first question is, how long do you expect to see the, uh, I mean, the Dolphins starters play until they get the hook? I think you're actually going to see them play quite a bit because Brian Flores really doesn't have a set lineup right now, either for his offense or defense, except for a couple of positions like, like you know, the stars like Laramie Tunzel, Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, those types of guys. But they also want to give this offense, and particularly Josh Rosen and the quarterbacks, an opportunity to play with not just backups and second stringers, but give them a full a full slate of of reps with the first-team offensive line and receivers. So I think you're going to see plenty of reps from the offensive line, from the receivers, even the running backs as well. I think you're going to see the Dolphins starters more than you would in a regular preseason game. Now, it's interesting because it's been a long time since I've been part of a Falcons preseason where the quarterback position was up for grabs. It's been, you know, Matt Ryan has had that pretty much locked down for, you know, going on 12 seasons now. Uh, But the Dolphins are not in that position. They have two guys competing for that starting spot between Ryan Fitzpatrick and and Josh Rosen, who they acquired uh, via trade uh, around the draft. I'm curious sort of which player is the front runner to, to be the team's week one starter. And do you think, you know, that position could be decided based off of who shines the most uh, or, you know, gets off to a a good start based off who shines the most uh, tonight against the Falcons. Well, right now it is Ryan Fitzpatrick out in front, but that gap has been closing pretty much since a week ago today when training camp got into week number two and things started to shift more towards the young quarterback. He started off in the OTAs, and Ryan Fitzpatrick blew Josh Rosen out of the water. I wasn't there to see it, but that's what the reports were from pretty much every single person that covers this team. Now, for training camp, I was there every day, and I saw it firsthand, and Josh Rosen... I don't know what his deal is, but there's so many instances where his accuracy just goes completely out the window on like basic stationary throws where he's throwing the ball to the coaching staff 
who is just standing there, and he'll throw the ball off the target that way. He doesn't trust. He does not trust his eyes yet in the scheme. He's checking everything down, not taking shots down the field. But then week number two came along, and he started to progress and got more aggressive, and he got more accurate and got more comfortable in the game-like situations. And then a scrimmage on last Saturday when live bullets were coming, and you know they're not live bullets because they're still wearing the red shirts, but against an actual game situation type of 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 play, Josh Rosen way outperformed Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he pretty much has since the pads came on after the first couple of days of just being in shells at Dolphins practice. So the battle has really heated up lately. Right now, it's still Ryan Fitzpatrick, but as far as how these games are going to decide things, I always tend to lean more on the side of practices decide who is going to be the guy that gets the reps on game day because these preseason games there's so many elements out of the team's control like what if the offensive line doesn't block at all for Josh Rosen and he gets walloped back there you're not going to be able to accurately uh, assess what he played like so I think the practice practices will have more say than the actual games themselves so we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this uh, Dolphins team and sort of who are the players to watch with Travis in just a moment. But I want to let all the fantasy football players know that they should make sure that they listen to Vinny Iyer in the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Get the edge with Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football podcast can be found on your favorite podcast provider, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you are interested in running your own business, text Five Star to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with Five Star Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With Five Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, and set your own hours and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a Five Star Painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. As a podcast host, I myself am very familiar with the freedom that comes from running my own business, and I can assure you there is no better feeling than being your own boss. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a 5STAR painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And I thank them for sponsoring this podcast. So I'm joined by the Locked on Dolphins host, Travis Wingfield. And we're talking about this preseason matchup between the Falcons and Dolphins. And, you know, the preseason is really an opportunity for some young players to really sort of step up. And one of the things that I think is interesting about the Dolphins team with a new head coach, with a new regime 
you know, they don't necessarily have their guys. You know, they've obviously brought in some players this offseason, but a lot of the older players, the, the holdovers from the previous regime, aren't necessarily guaranteed the opportunities, and it's really a, a great opportunity for maybe some guys that might have been sort of, you know, on the outside looking in to potentially sneak in and wind up snatching some jobs from some more established veterans. And I'm curious if there's any players out there for the Dolphins that uh, we might be able to see in this upcoming matchup between the Falcons and Dolphins that could be uh, players that could wind up, you know, sneaking up and, 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 and surprising us and, and stealing some jobs. Yeah, we started the linebacker position because that was really the surprise of camp so far has been the depth of this Dolphins linebacker group. And a player that came over from the CFL, a 26-year-old guy that had 13 NFL visits and chose to pick the Dolphins to come to. And it's probably because this team is so bad that he had the best chance to start here. And he's won that starting job so far. He actually has beaten out Raekwon McMillan for the majority of reps as a first-team linebacker. Now, he might be a little bit more involved as a sub-package coverage type of guy where McMillan comes onto the field in the running downs. I'm talking about Sam Aguavin, a difficult name to pronounce. It took me about 18,000 tries to figure out how to pronounce his name, but it is Sam Aguavin, 26 years old, comes over from the CFL. He's undersized, but he's fast as all get out. He can cover, he can blitz, he can get in there instinctively and knife out running plays that way too. Be excited to watch him play against the first team and probably as well on the second team on Thursday night. Also at the receiver position, Preston Williams, the undrafted rookie out of Colorado State, has pretty much blown up training camp and been probably the best receiver in camp so far. And he's trying to edge out guys like Bryce Butler, Alan Hearns, Isaiah Ford, some of these guys on the back end of the receiver depth chart. And I do think he's going to eventually earn that spot because if they put him on the practice squad, he's going to get snatched up really quickly. So Preston Williams, the receiver, and Sam in the linebacker. One of the questions I have for you, Travis, is, you know, this offseason, it, it, you know, all the things I was reading about the Dolphins were with Brian Flores, it was going to be all about building in the trenches and strengthening those offensive and defensive lines. And you kind of saw that with their draft strategy by taking Christian Wilkins, a defensive tackle with their first overall pick, and then coming back in the third round and taking the offensive guard, Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin. I'm curious, sort of, are those guys already sort of emerging as major players on these offensive and defensive line that doesn't necessarily have the star power outside of maybe Laramie Tunsil? Not a whole lot of proven options on either side of the ball. And, and how are those rookies doing? And, and whether or not, you know, this Dolphins offensive line and, and defensive line is going to be a uh, p- potential uh, strength for this uh, team in 2019. That's actually a really good question because both of those guys have interesting stories as far as where they are right now on the depth chart. Christian Wilkins from day one was a starter. He's been there and he's not moved from there. Whether he's playing out of the three technique or inside over the nose, I expect him to lead the Dolphins interior defensive line in snap counts this year. On the offensive side, if you guys know about Pat Flaherty, the Dolphins offensive line coach, they fired him four days after camp began and promoted Dave DeGuglielmo, who was with the Colts last year and turned that offensive line around. And he's been with the Dolphins now three times in his decorated career across the NFL. But the reason for that firing was that Pat Flaherty didn't believe in giving rookie snap counts or snaps in the first team early on. And the Dolphins brass disagreed with that idea. Now you might ask yourself, why didn't that philosophical difference come up in the initial interview? 
I asked myself that too. I don't know why that happened, but it did happen. And now DeGugliamo gets promoted and the Dolphins go from an offensive line that has a bunch of veterans on it. The very next day, Michael Dieter comes in as a starting left guard and Shaq Calhoun, an undrafted free agent, comes in as the starting right guard. So two rookies on the offensive line that I think are going to start the game on Thursday. And Dieter most likely will earn the starting job in week number one unless he's an absolute travesty out there. So both those guys, Wilkins and Dieter, are going to play a lot this year. Now, I'm also curious about a former Falcon uh, who I was very upset that the Falcons wound up cutting a couple of years ago. I thought he should have made the team back in, I think, 2016. And that's Joey Imbu. How is he performing so far in training camp? He's looked pretty good. This You mentioned the defensive line having issues, and I'll concede the offensive line is the worst in the entire NFL right now. They're, They're bad. But on the defensive line, They've actually had a lot of guys that really impressed so far in training camp, and it starts on the inside with Wilkins and Godshaw and Vincent Taylor and Akeem Spence. And Joey Embu actually was with the Packers last year and Patrick Graham, who is the Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. And I think he has a great chance to kind of carve out a role as a you know 200 snap per year, a 20% snap taker type of backup nose tackle. And he's done well in that role. I was down on the field next to him during practices. He is huge. I'm talking his legs are bigger than my entire torso. He's a big, big man. And watching him kind of use those violent hands and that physical nature was fun to watch. He's got a chance. I think he has some work to do to overcome some guys, like I mentioned, Akeem Spence and even Adolphus Washington, but he's in the mix to make the roster for sure. Now, um, Travis, I'm curious looking at this Dolphins roster and, you know, it's very clear that this is a rebuilding year for the Dolphins. They are, you know, the, the rumor all off season long was, you know, hashtag tank for Tua and, and that sort of thing. But I, I'm looking at this team and I'm wondering what your assessment of this team is. You've already mentioned that you think the offensive line is going to be problematic for this team. Obviously, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a long-term option. Josh Rosen may or may not be a long-term option, depending on how he performs this year. Uh, but I'm looking at this roster and I'm I'm wondering, like, you know, this defense may not have sort of any marquee players, but it does seem like it has a, a, you know, a number of solid players, you know, headlined by guys like Xavier Howard, who's, you know, one of the more underrated corners in the league. I'm curious sort of your thoughts on sort of where is the strength of this Dolphins team? And if they are a team that can be competitive this season, where will, you know, what, whether it's the offense, the defense, or a particular unit, where do you think the strength of this roster is going to be? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Aaron, talking about this defense. I think they're pretty underrated on that side of the ball. And when I say underrated, I'm talking about like maybe a top half of the league, like 16th best defense compared to where most people think they're probably going to be, you know, a bottom third uh, tier in the NFL as far as defense goes. I think that you talked about Xavier Howard. He's he's so damn good. He was stellar throughout all of training camp. He led the NFL in picks last year. He had a bunch of picks in December of 2017. Now the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. He's in my opinion, if not the best, one of the top three cornerbacks in the league. And so he kind of dictates things there. Minka Fitzpatrick has been every bit worth the first round draft pick they spent on him last year. I talked about the defensive line and how they're playing better than folks probably expected them to so far in training camp. And they'll find pass rush schemes through or pass rush productivity through the scheme. And a big player for that and a guy to keep an eye on is Jerome Baker, the second year linebacker from Ohio State. He has been stellar so far through camp. I think that with Brian Flores taking over for Matt Burke, a huge upgrade in coaching as we know that Brian Flores called the defense that shut the Rams down in the Super Bowl last year with some pretty good talent on this Dolphins defense is it going to be better than folks expected 
But I think the offense, as bad as people expect it to be, could be even worse than that because they do have decent receivers and decent running backs, but that doesn't do you any good when your offensive line is probably the 32nd offensive line in the NFL. And I would venture to guess the quarterback is probably the worst in the NFL too, maybe behind the or maybe in front of the Giants or the Washington Redskins and a couple other teams, but still it's not good. And if you're gonna have a bad offensive line and a bad quarterback, then your running backs and receivers are going to do nothing. So I think this is going to be the worst offense in the NFL and a decent defense. And typically when you get that dynamic for a football team, they start off decent, like maybe two and three or two and four, and then the wheels eventually fall off because the defense gets gassed. And then the Dolphins are going to have a really bad stretch in the second half. So I'd expect them to win like three or four, maybe five games at best. And the offense is going to be the reason why. I got a few more questions uh, I want to ask Travis about uh, this Thursday night game between the Falcons and Dolphins. But before we get there, I want to let people know that the new Locked On NFL podcast is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. They have expert analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson, and it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL podcast now on your favorite podcast provider, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So, Travis, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the Dolphins' season expectations. Again, it's a preseason game. It's the first preseason game, so it's not a whole lot to really uh, draw upon. But I am sort of curious, we, we talked a little bit about some areas of the Dolphins roster that, you know, have been, that are expected to be strengths and weaknesses. Um, I'm also sort of curious, maybe if there's maybe a, a sleeper position that we haven't already talked about, a unit that you're expecting that may be, have an opportunity to emerge as a strength uh, and, and that could potentially give some of these Falcon backup players some problems or maybe another area of the roster that you think might be a little bit problematic for them and give some of these Falcon uh, backup players an opportunity to shine uh, in this preseason action. As far as the strengths go, I'm going to go right back to the linebacker position because I talked about Jerome Baker just a little bit, but to expand on that, this defense is going to send the kitchen sink at offenses and try to lock down on the back end with solid press man coverage. We talked about Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, both very good in that role. If Eric Rowe can just stay healthy, I feel good about the Dolphins. Three corners that start games, the depth is concerning, but those guys at the top of the cornerback depth chart can allow this pass rush to send five and six rushers, and they've been doing that a lot with Jerome Baker, who is so good laterally with his agility. He's smart, he has an explosive get-off, and he knows how to blitz and take on certain gaps. He's going to be a problem for teams, I think, all year this year. And then when he comes off the field, they've got a rookie out of Wisconsin, Andrew Van Ginkle, who's kind of known for the same thing. Now, if he gets into the running game, he's going to get washed out because he's just not strong enough yet. He needs a year in the NFL weight room to get that going. And then there's more depth at that linebacker spot. They love undrafted rookie Trey Watson from Maryland. He's had a good camp so far. Nate Orchard lines up all over the place. And then another undrafted guy from New Mexico, Terrell Hanks, who was supposed to get drafted but ran a poor 40 time because of a foot injury, goes undrafted, and he signs with Miami. That group has really been impressive all throughout camp, and I think they're going to find a way to get pressure on the quarterbacks through the scheme. Now, as far as the weaknesses, I just I got to go back to the offensive line because it's so bad, Aaron. I don't think we have I don't think we have three guys that are that are really liable or or that are good enough to start in the NFL right now. Laramie Tunzel's a beast. Jesse Davis is okay at best. 
And then Michael Dieter we have hopes for, but Daniel Kilgore is eh. Chris Reed is eh. And then beyond that, it's it's just really bad. And you're going to have several guys that came over from the AAF, for instance, undrafted free agents that haven't really stuck out in camp so far. So I th- you mentioned it on my podcast, the Falcons have a, a bevy of pass rushers. That's going to be the part of the game, I think, that we look for in the second half where the Dolphins just can't move the ball because Jake Rudolph, the third-string quarterback, behind that offensive line, it's going to get ugly. So I imagine we'll, we'll get to see an extended uh, amount of reps for the uh, Dolphins' starting offensive line just to give both Fitzpatrick and, and Rosen a chance to not get murdered behind uh, that Dolphins' offensive line. I would tend to think so, and they actually, it's going to be interesting to see how, who they start because they do have those two guards that are starting, the rookie guards, and beyond that, you've actually got guys that have more experience, like guys that I would expect to handle preseason workload, like Jordan Mills, for instance. He probably comes into the game and gives you some second-team reps, although he's kind of a first-teamer at the same time, so I think you're exactly right. They're going to give both these quarterbacks a chance to play with some first-team units. Okay. Well, Travis, um, I appreciate you coming on and answering my questions. And, and I, I, I am looking forward to seeing what this Dolphins season winds up being. I know the expectations are low, but that's, you know, not to say that that's preferable than having high expectations, but it does sort of provide a little bit of freedom where you're not necessarily going into every week worried about whether the team is, is, is going to win. You just sort of just want an entertaining, competitive football team that can be fun to watch. And I'm, I'm eager to see if maybe the Dolphins team can sort of fulfill those wishes this upcoming season. But, uh, you know, I, again, I appreciate you coming on and let the people know where they can check out your stuff on Twitter, as well as what you guys got coming up on Locked on Dolphins uh, podcast in the next few days and weeks. Yes, we got the preview edition on Thursday. We'll have the game recap on Friday on the Locked on Dolphins podcast. Of course, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On Twitter, I'm at Wingfield NFL. I post constantly on there. So if you want to get some Dolphins news, maybe you do, maybe you don't, check me out there. And then LockedOnDolphins.com, we write tons of analytical and film study pieces. I just put together a piece on Jerome Baker and this pass rush scheme, which I think explains why the Dolphins maybe didn't go after individual pass rushers and focus more on guys that can execute their scheme. So check that out up on LockedOnDolphins.com and, of course, the Locked on Dolphins podcast. All right, Travis, I appreciate it. And uh, look forward to seeing what happens on Thursday as well as what happens for the Dolphins team this upcoming season. So best of luck to you. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Tua and and all those guys uh, in in 2020 (laughs) and whatnot. Yeah, just don't go out and win six games and, and wind up not getting a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my only request. You know, find a way to get one of those guys. You, you want to be a loud. competitive two and fourteen, right? Yeah, just, yeah, it's been too long, man. I mean, Dan, Dan Marino, Tannehill teased us here and there, but it never really worked out. I just I want a damn quarterback, man. It's been too long. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. All right, man. <laughs> I appreciate. Thanks a lot, brother. There you have it, guys. Another crossover episode in the books definitely want to check out thursday's episode for of the locked on dolphins podcast it's going to not be the typical crossover episode where we basically put up the same episode uh this one's obviously running on wednesday that one's going to run on thursday on game day and so it gives you an opportunity to uh you know hear a different perspective obviously that's going to be more of travis asking me questions pertaining to the Falcons. So you'll get some insights there specifically to the Falcons, if that's what you want to hear. So definitely check out Locked on Dolphins. Of course, you can find that on a variety of podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And again, yeah, you should definitely check out LockedOnDolphins.com for additional content 
as well there. So um, there you have it, guys. Tomorrow what we'll probably do is we'll do a Q&A episode. So if you have any questions, you can send those in to Locked on Falcons. That's the name of the Twitter handle. That's the name of the Facebook page. If you don't like social media and you prefer to send your questions privately so that no one else can read them, uh, you can do so via email. And, of course, the email address is LockedOnFalcons at Mail.com. And um, we'll close out the week on Friday with a rapid reaction. So, um, you know, subscribe to the podcast on those podcasts, on those aforementioned podcast platforms. And, of course, when you get in the car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Falcons. And I'll be right there with you for the drive. Till then. You are Locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.